pretty sure he like went in his car on his computer and like screamed into his computer mic. And like, so that's why it like sounds kind of shitty. And he sent me the vocal track and I like mixed it on GarageBand, put like some dumbass bass drops in there. <laughs> and then like he made like some silly art for each song and then we were just dropping it, just drop it, drop yeah. it. This is another episode of the Scoped Exposure Podcast. I am super excited to be jamming with a king of the metalcore riffs, a coffee legend, <laughs> uh, Andrew from Sanction. Thank you so much for coming on. What's up? What's going on? Uh, I guess I should have introduced you as as Lumpy, as that's probably what you go by that, more so in the heart. Yeah, I world. mean, the only people that call me Andrew is like my girlfriend and my family. So, right. Yeah. I mean, occasionally people will call me andrew when they're like not a part of my family and it's honestly kind of weird right it's kind of weird but i honestly don't really care you know what i mean it's because <laughs> that's my real name i, I don't know why, why i can't get mad about that so. yeah yeah <laughs> well when you joined the, the call here it was like andrew's iphone i was like oh that, like, yeah, that yeah. Is it, yeah, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah if i put my nickname there that would be very corny of me right but yeah yeah i want my phone to call me by my nickname that doesn't make any sense <laughs> lumpy's iphone if you're airdropping anything to people that's already a question mark you're like who's lumpy you know, if i'm airdropping something i'm using some way more fucked up names <laughs> gotta keep that very under wraps cool um right, well right. well lumpy thank you so much for coming on the podcast i'm super excited to chat um obviously we're going to be chatting about um the music stuff that you're involved in with sanction and some other projects um and a number of other things of other things but before we dive headfirst in can you just give me a proper introduction your name the bands you're a part of and, and where you're based uh my name is lumpy or you know andrew um i'm based out of long island new york and i play guitar in sanction out for justice and uh those are all the bands i'm playing in right now and uh yeah i mean just like doing everything around hardcore yeah very sick. it's my whole my whole life is based around it so yeah know. yeah and and i'd love to dive in uh real deep into that um you know something that uh i'm not sure how familiar with the show you are but something i always like to ask people is getting context on how they got into hardcore whether they right, came right. through punk or they came through metalcore or somewhere in between uh can right, you right. just kind of uh roll back the clock and, and give me the origin story for that for you well, pretty much when I was a kid, um, my father was a drummer and he would always go in the basement and, you know, we'd have like this big PA. He would blast like Sabbath or Zeppelin or Bad Company, Grand Funk Railroad, fucking Aerosmith and play drums to it. Oh, okay. Cool. So when, when I was like, he was a drummer and he would just play along to the songs and shit. So when I was real young, I was probably four or five. I would just go down there and just watch him. Mm -hmm. I'd just sit there and just watch them. I'd have like the big earmuffs on, just like sitting there watching them. <laughs> you know, just like watching, just like taking it in, taking it in, taking it in. And then probably, I don't know when I first, because I started playing drums like when I was that young. Yeah. I was probably, I really don't know exactly, probably somewhere around seven or eight. Just started like, he would like show me stuff. I would start playing drums and, you know, I'd play like Sabbath songs and stuff. And then like fourth grade, I got like my first guitar, which was like some shitty like Ibanez. 
I would fuck around on that, you know, and then I would like, I was listening to all that same stuff, like Sabbath, a lot of like radio shit. But uh, my father would like show me all this stuff. And then um, I got into like Pantera and shit. And then middle school, like seventh, eighth grade, I got into like Asley Dying and Kill Switch and like all that, that whole world, I guess, like the metalcore, you know. And uh, from that point on, you know, beginning of high school, once I started going to shows, like in the beginning of ninth grade, going to see bands like Atreyu and, you know, Caliban and God Forbid and all shit like that. Right, yeah. I was, in, I was into all the metalcore shit, you know, but I was also into like Throwdown, which is kind of like, uh, they're like hardcore kids playing hardcore, touring with metalcore bands. It was all, I don't <laughs> It depends who you talk to, what, what, what they classify it as. Right. Yeah. You know, and they're, you know, obviously singing about straight edge and shit. And I didn't claim edge until uh, for like, you know, two more years when I was like 16. So, but I would like, you know, I loved the songs, but it didn't like click. Like that aspect didn't just click with me or something. Yeah. So, and then probably when I was 16, you know, I claimed edge and then I heard like Shattered Realm and I was like, oh, this is like, this is exactly what I want because it was like, it had, it sounded like metalcore. Like, well, I wasn't thinking like, Oh, these are metalcore bands. Like when I was listening to them, it was just like, I don't know, like metal. Like, I don't know if I said hardcore, I don't remember what I was saying. Right. Like yeah. when I was 15. So like, I, I loved all those bands. I heard Shadow Realm. It had a lot of those similar riffs, but then it had angry fucking mosh parts. And I was like, this is what I love. Mm-hmm. So bands like Shadow Realm, and like seven star like all all like all like the more like heavier mid-2000s bands you know i loved all that shit and then i went in 2006 i saw down to nothing have heart brace war the mongoloids this long island band agent and this band heart of the fight for the merrimack valley in massachusetts i saw though i saw that show which was completely different from the shit that i liked before and I was like, wow, this is fucking sick. So now my life, I'm pretty much like in between those two worlds. Like that's, right. I just like all that shit. So, yeah. you know, and then I just kept listening to probably, I really got into hardcore like 16, 17, 18. 18 was probably like the biggest year. Like 18 is like really when I started being a nerd about it. Right. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, oh, I got to know, I got to know everything about this. Because yeah. like if you're a hardcore kid and you never had that nerd phase where you're like, Oh, I gotta dive into this subgenre, this subgenre. Yeah. Like, you're not really a hardcore kid because it's like you gotta. I don't know, man. I, I don't really know how to explain myself, but you know, you gotta, you gotta know what you're talking about. Like, mm-hmm. don't just like, you know, take all this like starter pack shit and then like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, I got you. Like, yeah, yeah. like if you like it, you you better fucking like it. Like, go. Don't you want to find out all these random fucking bands? Like, oh, what band this guy did before this band? Right. What band this guy did for that band? You know, what, where these people are at, like where they started from, you know, like what influences this band? Because, you know, any any more modern band, so, say any band from the 2000s on, they're influenced from something from the 80s or 90s or some shit like that. Yeah. So it's like, you, you know, go listen to what they're influenced from, you know, like shit like that. So, yeah. yeah so pretty much when I was 18, when I was getting really into like Marauder and Biohazard, and like, which is like two of my favorite bands of all time, like, that's pretty much that was like peak like me listening like that was like the last time my mind was like absolutely blown 
Yeah. Like checking out like a like a hardcore band or something. You know, then I you know, listen to hardcore obviously. And then like when I was 20 20 actually my 25th birthday uh the the kids who were doing sanction who were half that band at that time was like 19 yeah i pretty much i pretty much started that band because that was like shit i used to you know grow up seeing and playing because i was playing in metalcore bands when i was a kid so it just like hit me like in a certain way you know what i mean so i always liked all that shit you know what i mean i i never wrote off my past like oh i don't like that stuff like i always i still like that i just yeah. like fucking everything you know what i mean so. yeah to, to quickly jump off of that are you kind of like the dad of the yeah. band as far as being a little bit older than the rest of the guys in sanction yeah, yeah probably i mean <laughs> uh the cool I'm uncle if anything I'm, I'm i'm seven years older than mike and little d gotcha and i'm only like four years older than dave and then ryan the bass is like three years younger than me yeah but pretty much like I'm like the one saying like, yo, let's, let's go. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's yeah. do this. Yeah. But had, I mean, had like, the experience my, to, to at least pave the way for the, for the rest of the guys. The yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I don't, I'm not taking credit for like writing everything. Like Mike is probably writing 80 to 85% of the music, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, that's a whole different thing. It's like, you know, he's like writing most of the, cause he's just like fucked up when it comes to this shit. He could just, <laughs> he could just sit there until four or five o'clock in the morning you know, he could like demo out drums. Like, I don't know how to do that shit. Like, he knows right. how to do all like, this crazy shit. So he sits on his computer until five o'clock in the morning, demoing out drums, making all this weird shit, and then putting guitar to it. Like, I don't have the mind like that. Right. Like, my mind is more like, oh, he does that. We bring it to practice. Then my mind's like, oh, let's like fuck around with this part, this part, yeah. this part. Yeah, different so. strengths and weaknesses for any band yeah. versus having yeah. a band filled with people that all can write banger riffs, but yeah, no one knows how that's, to tour. That's yeah, that's bad because then everybody's like clashing heads and everything. Like, no, right. my riff's better. No, my riff's better. No, no, that's that's not. I've always kind of been like this way with my band. Like, it's usually like the other guy is mostly writing good chunks, and I'm kind of arranging it and like fixing some shit. And, right. So fine tuning. So yeah, yeah, and there there's a lot to unpack there, and and I would like to to back it up when you were talking about yeah, how yeah. your dad was like just playing right. loud music throughout the house. And I just, I thought right. that was so interesting because a lot of, um, a lot of parents that maybe don't have any experience with having a musician in the home or being a musician themselves is, is so daunting to be like, Hey, can I have a bunch of people over and play and drop B flat and, you know, just make right, loud right, music right, right, right. for, you know, every Thursday night. Um, I, right. I remember some of the bands that I was playing in where, my parents eventually had to be like, it's too loud in this house and you need to find right, a jam right, space. Right, right. Um, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah. W- was there any like early well, stories or was, was it just well, a no brainer for your parents? Well, pretty much like I started playing drums when I was younger and then I took up guitar. And then when my brother's three years older than me. So when I was like 13, my brother was 16. He wanted to learn how to play drums. Me and my dad kind of like showed him basic stuff. Yeah. Like I showed him like simple beats and shit like that. So when my brother was probably a junior in high school and I was in eighth grade, we started jamming and we, and we did like, you know, some bands and we're not playing shows, but we did like bands with like him and like his friends. And like, I was like writing all the music because like I was, I guess the most talented one in the band, but like I just had slightly more experience just because I've been playing music for 
a few years longer in my life, but all the other guys were just like, oh, I'm going to start playing bass. Or I'm going to start playing drums or like right. just like an older guy that's just singing. So like we were doing stuff like that. And then, I, you know, in high school, I started playing, you know, I played like my first shows and, and, you know, I played in a few bands in high school, like metalcore and like beat down hardcore bands and shit like that. And then, yeah, pretty much. Uh, high school was, I mean, high school band wise, like there was no bands. I, I didn't tour or anything like that. Like right. I was just playing. You know, every Saturday I had a band that would practice at my house from like noon to two. And then we would go to get Wendy's and like just like <laughs> memories like that. Like yeah. straight up, we would do that and I would go and just fuck up the dollar menu, get like nine things because <laughs> I was such a fat piece of shit when I was in high school. Yeah. So like shit like that. And, you know, that like played, that band played our last show like my senior year of high school, I think. You know, when I was getting way more into like the hardcore end of everything, you know, like I was like, I was into hardcore doing that band and like kind of showing the other kids in my band, but they were like kind of fucking with it. Like not really like they like like terror, right? Like throw down. But I was like, you know, listen to like Marauder and they're like, (laughs) yeah, just a little too outside the box for them potentially. Um, right, right, yeah. You know, something I wanted to ask. You know, uh, are you born and raised in uh, in the New York area, or yeah, Long Long Island, yeah, Long Island, yeah. And uh, you yeah. know, something that um, that I was thinking about leading up to this interview is, you know, uh, New York and that general area as a whole is like pretty infamous when it comes to hardcore. There's a lot of, I guess, foundational bands that have really uh, paved course, the way. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. Agnostic Front, like the list goes on and on. Um, right. I was kind of curious, like. It was that ever daunting to you when you were starting bands, like as far as not essentially living up to that, but just knowing that there was like just this very rich history on the on the scene, and you're like, do I need to write music that you know a you know has some correlation to that, or was it just like everyone's game to do whatever? It was pretty much just like. Like, Crown of Thorns was, like, one of the first New York bands I got really into. And that, just, like, guitar style, just, like, it just, I just loved it. And it just blew my mind. And I, it's not that I, like, I was, like, it was just pride. Like, yeah, these bands are from here. Like, I'm from here. Like, yeah, it's fucking sick. And Long Island, Long Island-wise, like, you know, Vision Disorder and, like, like even, like, Sky Came Falling and, like, Sons of Abraham or fucking... Crumb suckers, like fucking solid majority, like any anything from Long Island, you know, is all like that gets overlooked. Like nobody ever thinks about Long Island, but Long Island has, you know, I mean, New York City is one thing. Like New York City sure, has got yeah. endless amount of bands, but Long Island has so many fucking bands that people don't even like. They they don't even realize. Oh, that band's from Long Island too. Like all shit like that. So gotcha. it's uh, it was honestly probably growing up. Like, I don't know. I I I love them both. I don't. I don't really know. Like, Long. I I don't know, man. Like, I love. I love Long Island hardcore. I love New York hardcore. Like, even like just upstate hardcore. Like, All Out War is like probably my favorite hardcore band of all time. And that's yeah. like an hour and a half from the city north, though. Mm-hmm. And we're I'm about an hour from the city east. 
So it's like the same shit. We're just like in a big sure. like triangle from the city. Right. But it's all like New York City is this one thing, and then the other spots are just the other things. So. Sure. Yeah. Um, since we're on that topic, is there any Long Island bands that you feel like just haven't broken out of that like local sphere that you want to at least plug for anyone who's listening or watching? Uh, bands I have to plug from Long Island are definitely like uh, The Fight, Rule Them All, Hangman, fucking Jab. Um, yeah. Jab's sick. Uh, there's there's always a lot of like me and all my friends and like other friend groups on out. We're always just like we just got to keep making more bands. Just like do a demo. Like yeah, like don't put that don't put that much thought into it. Just fucking put it out. Like whatever. Like like the best hardcore is always usually like less thought put into it. And you know if you think about it too much, you're you're gonna be like I don't want you. You might be a little bummed out if somebody doesn't fuck with it. Just mm. put out whatever the fuck. Yeah. But like, 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 just have fun with it. First riff that comes to mind, put it out. Fuck it, that's hardcore. Like, if you're thinking about it too much, go start a metal band. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> true, yeah. I don't know. Like, Sanction's obviously more of a metal band, but we're all hardcore kids. Like, we're like, but we're we're influenced by tons of hardcore bands, like '90s hardcore bands and yeah. shit like that. But we definitely put more thought into that. But we we put some dumb shit in there a lot of the times where it's just like. <laughs> Oh, this sounds funny as hell. Like, let's put this in there. Like, yeah. fuck it. Do Do you think know. there's a, the el, a an element of that where it's like, let's just have high output versus like worrying about quality? Because like, I I've I've gone through the ringer when it comes to like, oh, like I want to make sure that the the product of if I'm editing a video or a podcast or a riff or whatever I'm doing, I want it to be right. good. But I always remember like I could put all this work into it, and someone could still say it's shitty. So like, you yeah. know, quality is subjective at the end of the day. So I've really applied that to a lot of my creative thinking where it's like, I'm just going right. to have high output, take the feedback right. that I see there and, and apply it to the next thing and just grow gradually versus trying to make it a hundred thousand percent on the first go. Yeah. You could take, say you record one sick riff or something and you think it's the sickest riff ever. You'll listen to it a hundred times and you're going to fucking hate it after that. Anyway. <laughs> so it's kind of like... If you take, if you record a bunch of things and you just like sit on them, you know, you could hate them all. But then if you put, let's say you have, you have them done, like you have instrumentally full songs done, no vocals. If you put vocals over the simplest song, the song, it could fucking make the whole song. Yeah. Like you could take, you could make, you could make a song with like one note in different contexts, put vocals on it and it's sick. Yeah. Like it's, it's all... Uh, it's like that whole aspect of like writing songs and everything like that. It's, it's, there's, yeah, I say like, don't think about it too much, but then it's like certain things you have to think about, but it also depends what kind of band you're playing and what you want to do with the band. Because like when I do Alfred justice shit, like that all like has absolutely, it does not matter. We just do like whatever the fuck happened. Like we'll literally go to the studio and Jay will play drums to something random. Like he'll just, He'll do like okay. I'll be like, all right, do a thug beat into a into a tribal mosh, into a like a slow like halftime, right. and then he'll just do that, and then I'll just put guitar to it, and then it's, we just we'll bullshit some lyrics. Like it doesn't fucking matter what we're talking about. We're right. not we're not some real band, so it's just like shit like that. You know, yeah. I don't know. Sanctions but a little bit different because you've got to shoot it to pure noise and yeah. yeah. I mean, we've since we've turned into like an actual band from just playing local shows. Like yeah, we got to put like a little bit more thought into it. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I I 100% agree with that mindset as far as like if the the band is purely to have fun and you're not trying to become the next Code Orange and the next Knocked Loose, like just put right, stuff right. out, have fun with your friends, do like side projects. Like some, I feel like some of the hottest EPs right now are bands that are just homies of other bands just coming together to do a an awesome project Yo, together. Sh- Shout out Pain of Truth. <laughs> 100%. That yeah, that yeah. whole EP is just madness. I love that. Yeah. Um, you know, speaking of sanction, something that I wanted to uh, bring up and, and really um, applaud uh, you guys on is obviously the time of recording this is uh, still in the thick of a lot of the Black Lives Matter stuff and a lot of right, bands right, right. Uh, quickly, you know, especially in hardcore, quickly, uh, you know, put benefit shirts together and things like that. And one of like out of maybe two or three bands like you guys i think i saw the most amount of money raised so you guys right well now and did you guys do two shirts or or you're doing a, a yeah, collab yeah, with a right right well we did the we did the disembodied rip first yeah the you know, from minneapolis and then uh about two weeks after we did an indecision rip for new right. york yeah yeah and that yeah that was uh those are going to be sent out soon i think but we don't even have the final money amount yet because it's not through us it's through another guy who's doing it so i'm waiting the whole accounting you know before we can like donate everything yeah so i don't know the exact amount with that yet but that's going to obviously be posted online yeah. for everything so well you guys uh, but yeah it was yeah, sick yeah. sorry uh you well you guys posted the the receipts of the first like the disembodied rip shirt and it was yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. what ten thousand dollars or it, something? It was it was it was uh like eleven point five or something something like that. That's so crazy. Honestly, like I don't wanna sit here and be like, Yeah, we sold more shirts than your band. Like I'm not that's not like what I'm trying to do. It's it's honestly probably because we were I don't want to take credit for like get, donating more money than another band. It's yeah. probably because we were one of one of the first bands to put out a band. Yeah, shirt. I, I honestly, it doesn't matter. Huge it point. doesn't matter what band it was. If you were in like one of the first bands, you're gonna you're gonna be donating that money. Like yeah. Mind Force dropped the shirt immediately and did ten grand like that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like whatever, because you know a lot of bands do it. Everybody wants, everybody wants to donate, which is great. Like that's what I was doing. I bought like ten benefit shirts. So like everybody wants to donate you see like you're 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 a kid that likes you know any any kind of band if you're like oh i kind of like this band like yeah i'm gonna get this shirt go to something good you can only do that there's only so many kids who have so much money to do that so many times you know before you know they can't do it as much you know you know because everybody runs out of money not not everybody has tons of money yeah of course but it's like yeah the bands who do it towards the beginning they're like they're gonna get more yeah, yeah and, and huge, I appreciate you bringing up that point. Um, yeah, because like there, you know, I heard something interesting on, I can't remember if it was on a podcast or something. And I I, I think it might have been Axe Grind, but they were just talking about like, you know, it's not something to be, like you said, bummed about like, oh, I can't raise thousands of dollars because my band isn't hype enough. It's like, if yeah, you yeah, did yeah. a shirt and raised 200 bucks, that could bail someone out. Like, yeah, as, as lo- simple like, as it gets. Whatever yeah. it is. Whatever it is, it, it doesn't matter. Like, if we raise a hundred bucks, it'd still be uh, I'd still be as stoked as I am now. Like, right. it's still something. Like, it's not like somebody sitting there breaking down how much each band broke down. Like, if you do that, you're fucking corny as hell. Right. Like, like everybody yeah. collectively donated all this money. Yeah. Like, it's fucking sick. 
like everybody's doing the right thing. So it's, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I appreciate you bringing up that point because I think it's, it's been really cool to see hardcore kind of like rally behind this as I think, you know, out of all the music genres, I think, you know, we're kind of the first to kind of jump on social justice oh, yeah. things. And, you know, that's yeah. very cool to see. And, and obviously the fight is, is still going on despite it maybe not being the, yep. the number one thing not, you're seeing on social. Yeah. It, it, it's not being covered on the media because there's no riots. So yeah. Riots. Yeah. A, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. Um, that's why. Have you gone to anything locally in Long Island or in the surrounding area in the, in the last little while or I, um, I was actually on a road trip with my brother when all this, you know, late I, May. I saw that. You literally went yeah. all over the yeah. States. Late May, late May until the middle of June, like, yeah. which was, you know, when pretty much everything was going on. And it sucked because I wanted to be home and just be with my friends and, like, do all this. I went to – I hung out at one um, rally in Flagstaff, Arizona, actually, but I had nothing with me. Like, oh, okay. I had no signs. Like it was just me. It wasn't a march. It was just like, you know, corner to corner. And I was just kind of chilling, you know, hanging out, just like being there for support. But, you know, it's not, that's not my town. Like I, I kind of felt out of place, but I just wanted to be there standing in the back just, just for support in, the, in that area. Yeah. But that's all I've been able to really do. You know, I've been, I've, you know, I've bought 10 benefit shirts you know, putting my money towards this, like wearing the benefit shirts like all the time. But it's like that, that's, you know, when all the main stuff was going on, like I wasn't home for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And, and I think, yeah, that's a key thing. Like you, you in theory for sure can stand in solidarity wherever it is you are in the world. But, um, there, right. there's more impact when you're like, you know, this is my community. These are my streets that I'm, uh, you know, supporting. Uh, yeah. Like if I was there. home, yeah, if I was home, I would have been with all my friends, like going out all the time. Yeah, you know what I mean. And there's occasionally still rallies here, but they're like, you know, an hour from my house, and it's like I don't know anybody that's going and shit like that. And it's like I don't want to be guilted if I don't go because it's like, yeah, I we I have donated. You know what I mean? It's like there's only so much I could do as long as you do something. Yeah. In my mind, like, yeah, I've donated. You know, the band's donated. You know. Like, if you don't do anything, then you're part of the problem. Like, buy a band shirt. Like, go to a rally. Like, it's, you know, just do something. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm not here putting you on the spot. Like, how much have no, you done? No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, no, no, completely. Yeah. Um, you know, so kind of tra- transitioning kind of back to music, um, yeah. I, I would be remiss if I didn't, you know, ask you know what what's up with sanction what's coming up i'm i'm sure majority of the bands right now being like well maybe we can't tour but we can for sure write new music um so i don't know uh what what's going on with you guys is there anything coming down the pipe that you know fans of that band can uh can see on the horizon in the the next little while well um we are writing um probably gonna record something and put it out like maybe if it's like a song or two like yeah. something like that like a single like some shit like that put something out like hopefully like in the fall something like that just to put music out like we're obviously not going to tour or play anything just you know keep it fresh like um uh i'm going to be putting out um 
on my own little label, like a sanction release of like some old songs, shit that oh, never really had cool. yeah. shit that never really had uh, uh, physical, you know, shit like that. So some some cool little shits and treats on there too. Yeah. So we're we're gonna be we're gonna be putting some stuff out. It's just you know taking our time. You know what I mean? Because it's like, what's the rush to put out music right now? There's no rush. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Just you know, fuck around. Yeah, I think a lot of people realize it's like, oh, we're we're in this, you know, this ship for a, a yeah, while. Yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a long time. So, yeah, um, and and to hopefully transition fully into to that. Um, you you started an awesome quarantine band while this was all happening. Um, oh God, which which one? Uh, keep you distance. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, and, that that was funny. Yeah, I that was like back to back hits. Um, you know, songs like uh, "Out of Existence," "Nunya," "Respect Through Distance," "Face Mask Fucker." Uh, I was gonna ask if that's a face wreck reference. No, 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 no. That so all that shit was pretty much. Um, I was talking to Anchit from like MHK Austin Sector in Chicago, yeah. and he's like, I forgot if he said like, cause he programmed the drums on those songs. He pretty much just sent me, because I don't know how to program drums, like I said before. He sent me drum tracks, and I just put guitar on this, like on on whatever he sent me, oh, and and then and I sent it back to him, and he recorded. I'm pretty sure he like went in his car on his computer and like screamed into his computer mic, and like so that's why it, like Love sounds that. kind of shitty. And he sent me the vocal track, and I like. Mix it on GarageBand, put like some dumbass bass drops in there, and then like he made like some silly art for each song, and then we were just dropping it, just drop it, drop yeah. it. Yeah, just I, I just love to keep, the keep the, myself occupied. Totally not like no, none of the artwork connects. It's all different <laughs> for all the different yeah, yeah. singles. Yeah, yeah. The the face mask fucker was just be, because face mask, right. not like face wrap. Just no. talking about people should wear masks. Yeah. Know? No. I think there's just one lyric in that song where it just sounds like uh, how like Face Rec name drops their own band name, but like just with Face Man. So I was curious about that. Yeah, he put a lot of very funny lyrics in those songs. He yeah. had a he had a song. He had a lyric where it says "Sucker, all you do is play baseball." <laughs> yeah. And I fucking I lost it. Yeah, I listened I to the the, the discography today, and I was like, I didn't know that baseball it's, line it's was very in there. Funny. And each song, like you go from the beginning on, you could tell when I started using my actual amp because the guitar tone just got infinitely better because <laughs> I was just plugging straight into the computer in the interface and going on GarageBand with the shitty like right the the metal tones on there which suck ass. So and then I just mic'd up my amp and it just sounds better for like the last four of them or something like that. Yeah. So you that was purely like let's just do it once and then it was just too funny not to do it two three four yeah times it was we did all i think we did seven or eight songs we did them all within like two weeks so it was <laughs> they were almost one a day you know what i mean and it was just like let's just keep going and then we just kind of just like stopped like i don't know yeah. it doesn't it was kind of just like something fun and it's never gonna we're never gonna play a show or anything. no it's just like, well that it's would fun be to that put would out be a, sick though yeah it's fun to put out a bunch of stupid shit you know i feel like that band should only like write new music when there's a global pandemic in the mix. Like they just go away yeah, next, when everything goes back to yeah. normal. Ne- next time there's a pandemic. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> I'm going to hold you to that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I specifically love that the band is called 
keep your distance and then the last track is keep the distance <laughs> yeah. that one's great that's um, that's all ancient ancient was like yo i got an idea for this song and he would tell me the song name like that's perfect let's do it like <laughs> i'm all for stupid shit like i'm all for it yeah um you also there the i think the second last song is eat the hamburger and it's <laughs> yeah, uh it's like a um what the what the fuck is that called it's like a diss track for donald trump but it's like yeah, 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 eat yeah. the hamburger <laughs> yeah highly recommend anyone yeah Uh, i highly recommend anyone to go on demand camp and put that up uh i don't yeah yeah it's it's worth a good laugh for sure um now this is going to be a complete um hard transition into a totally different topic and and it was a main one that i i reached out to you and um i guess it it got my brain going because i know you did a, a podcast with my friend jamie um and right right uh i i know a lot of his stuff is like largely focuses around like the history of band and things like that but as soon as that right. dropped and i listened to it i'm like you didn't ask him anything about his like coffee addiction or like wh- how he ranks <laughs> stuff and he's like oh i had no idea so this hopefully is the very first covering of that interest yeah, of yours. yeah um, i think it is yep, yep. yeah so um yeah tell me the um uh, I, uh, I had a, you know, we'll get into it, but one of the questions I had yeah. on that to, to kind of get us into the subject, um, do you remember the very first time you had a cup of, a cup of mud? Very first time was probably sometime with my parents when I was a kid. I definitely had it when I was younger, you know, cause my parents loved coffee, right. but like, and then once I started like working, like doing like manual labor jobs when I was like 18. Yeah. You know, in the morning, you get, like, the hot cup of, like, deli, like, trash coffee, but it's, like, just fuel. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Just, like, that's why I like I like any coffee. Like, I'll drink that trash, like, if right. I have to. The, like, the, cigarette, not, like, the cigarette ash water coffee. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love, like, I'll I'll drink that. Like, I, I'm not going to be like, no, 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 no. Yeah. But I, I love good coffee, but like, I'll drink that shit because that's where, like, you know, I started on. Yeah. But, uh. Yes. Yeah, so, so you want me to break down the whole ranking system? In a few well, yeah, I would. I would love to to get into that, but I I just wanted to say I think you bring up a great point with that. I just spilled some water on my notebook. Whoops. <laughs> what can I use? I'll use that. Um, I think you bring up a great point with that. Like, yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I'm a I'm a major coffee fan, and I'll. Right. I'll drink Tim Hortons if I need to, but like supporting a local coffee shop here in Calgary is definitely a go-to for me. So um, yeah, yeah. definitely let's break down the ranking system because you rank things out well, of seven. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so pretty much I only started that Instagram because I used to always just get a cup of coffee and then like take a picture of it and just post it. Yeah. Just I just kept posting that. Like, you know, everybody just takes a picture of their food and they post a picture of the food. Like, yeah. It's a common thing that most people do. And, uh, I, you know, I, I think an iPhone is unbelievable, so I just use it all the time and do dumb shit like that. So so I was just doing that, and then I started the Instagram, and I was like, what should I name this? I was like, I don't know, coffee guy, and then I put the year I was born. I was like, I guess this is fine. So then <laughs> – That'll do. And then I, I was just like um, – I always had a connection with the number seven, which is like another thing. It's just like when I was a kid, there was just like – a group of my friends were just like, uh, like, uh, we were just kind of like obsessed with the number seven. Okay. It was like a weird thing, kind of like a weird like chunk of my life where like the number seven was like a thing. Oh. So like 
seven is kind of like a funny number sure. like, around like me and like some of my friends. So that was like, okay, I'm just going to recommend a seven because everything's out of five or 10. So it's going right. to be seven. So it's like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like I can rank it out of anything. Like there's no, like I can do whatever I want with this. It's obviously not anything serious. Right. So it just started doing that and just posting, you know, random coffee shops from wherever I go and just like not doing it to like, just doing it because it's like funny. And like, also like people hit me up like, yo, what's a good coffee shop in Denver or fucking Kansas city. And I would just like check my Instagram. <laughs> like, Oh, this spot. Just yeah. Send, Cause everything's just, like, tagged and you know, archived yeah, yeah. to a degree. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like, and also I, yeah, it helps me. Like just to remember the places like next time I'm in the 100%. city, I'm going to go to this spot. Yeah. Or like, you know, I also just like trying new spots and like, I could also like, if I'm in a city, and I don't know any coffee shops there. Like I can look on Yelp and just look at the pictures of the inside of the coffee shops and tell you if they're going to be good or not. Mm. Because if like, if you're looking at the coffee shops, if there's like a chalkboard menu and there's like something with mocha, it's going to be bad. Don't even go there. <laughs> but if there's something where it's, if you look at, if you look at the pictures, I don't even need to look at pictures of the coffee. It's like pictures of the inside. If there's like a white countertop and like, and like, you know, one of those, uh, menus where you could move the like the, the pieces like the little letters yeah yeah like the little yeah, yeah. like the black and white if you could oh it's gonna be good yeah it's gonna be a good coffee shop yeah and if you walk in and they're rude as fuck to you it's gonna be even better <laughs> i love when they're rude as fuck because right. the coffee's gonna be fantastic they gotta make you you gotta feel like you don't belong yeah so it's gonna be good you have to earn your coffee man the the chalkboard exactly. though oh man that yeah. is that is so true <laughs> it's Just... gonna be a chalkboard and there's gonna be like it's gonna be like a couch, like for people to chill. There's probably gonna be Scrabble, yeah. like that shit. It's gonna be, it's gonna be trash because they're gonna have all these flavors just to compensate for the, how shitty their coffee is. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> man, yeah. There, there's a lot to unpack here, and that was a question that I had asked. Is like, um, you know, like. I, I'm sure some people would argue is like, oh, like how good can your product be if like you're putting all this money into your like interior and stuff like that? It's like, no, like that's a kind of tell as far as like right. how, like who they're kind of catering to. Cause yeah, right, there's, right. there's been random coffee shops me and my wife have walked into and we're like, yeah, like this seems like we're in like wet, like West Side Story or, or not West Side Story, but something like, like Betty White's going to walk in and like, you know, Oh, I'm going right. to get a cup of coffee. Like it's just right, right, versus right, like right, 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 right. something that's like, Oh, someone who, you know, went to school for interior design actually like laid things out nicely and they right, care right, about right, making right. a cup of coffee in the back. Um, yeah. But, it's all, you know, plus a lot of places try to come up with like a crazy name and shit like that. Yeah. And just like, Oh, this name's crazy. People are going to love the coffee. Like my favorite coffee shop in the country it's called Double Shot in Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's a terrible name for a coffee shop. Double Shot. That's just very, very just, you know, double shot. Just, okay, double shot of espresso. Just very basic. Right. But it is absolutely fucking unreal coffee shop. So I recommend that. Yeah. Um, how hard is it for you to get an actual good cup of coffee while you, while you were at, on tour with Sanction? Or is it like... normally (laughs) opting for something at a gas station mcdonald's duncan whatever it's it's, i've turned well my drummer is a pretty big coffee head 
and I've turned pretty much everybody else in the band into big coffee heads. Good. Even Ryan, <laughs> Ryan, the bassist, when he started playing bass for us, he recently like quit drinking coffee. Like he's like, oh, okay, I'm okay. done with that. Like I don't want to do. Like I guess it was a phase. That's a shitty phase. Like you can't stop doing that. Like so, like so he stopped. But like you know, we will pull up at a coffee shop because we're like a coffee cult. Like we're going to like the best spots. So we'll pull up, and I'm like, Ryan, you gotta get out. You gotta have coffee with us. I'm like, don't embarrass me, Ryan. Let's get count. We gotta, we gotta get coffee. So like, you know, so he starts. You know, he'll he'll get like some. He, he he's starting to get some cups again now. So, right. but we're definitely very. If we do it, say we do a 30 day tour. We'll probably get Starbucks twice. All the other times will be like, like good coffee. Like yeah. just because like I, I also want to enjoy my time like and get some cool shit. It's also like I'm also being a tourist everywhere. Like I enjoy myself. I enjoy going to all these random places. So it's yeah. like I want to see all this stuff and like I I want to have a good time. You know. Yeah. There there's a level of like priorities as far as like okay we only have five hours before we have to get back for sound check but like. You know, coffee, right. finding good coffee is probably in the it's, number. It's number, number one. one. Like yeah. if we're, if we're on like a tour where we got to be there at a certain time, but we're hanging out at the venue, I'm fucking looking around coffee shops around me. Yeah. All over the place. Like coffee shop, record store. That's the big one too for a section. hundred um, percent. You know, obviously I would highly recommend if, if anyone's a coffee head and they're traveling around the States to check out your Instagram coffee guy in 1990. Um, but <laughs> uh how how have you found some of the the gems that you've spotted is it through yelp or is there like pages you follow sometimes or what's right your... right 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 yeah i don't follow any coffee pages oh okay uh so, some some of them are yelp just because and some of them are like people telling me you know you should you should try this spot you should try this spot um yeah word of mouth does go yeah, a long way too yeah. yeah it's it's half word of mouth half yelp like and then you know i got like my certain spots in certain cities was like i gotta go there i gotta go there i gotta go there mm-hmm. and there's then there's some cities where it's like i don't have a spot there <laughs> it sucks like may, may, there might only be one spot and maybe it closes at four and then we get there at 4 30 and right. it's like shit like that where yeah, it we, sucks. weird hours is a is a reality for a lot of coffee places for sure well yeah a lot of good coffee shops close at three or four yeah which that's... is which i respect i respect it <laughs> I respect it and I respect your decision. Like there's a lot of the bad places stay open to like eight or nine or 10. True. But yeah. it's, it, it's, there's so it's, much truth coming out of your mouth. I, I'm not complaining. Like when we're on tour, we'll like wake up, we'll get good coffee. Like in the morning. Sorry. We'll get good coffee. We'll, we'll drive. We get to the venue. We attempt that second cup. Right. 75% of the time, 75% of the time we're getting that second cup. Right. So, Sometimes the spots aren't open, but at least I had that coffee in the that cup that cup in the morning, so I'm good. But I'm definitely like a morning cup and an early afternoon cup kind of person. Are you in a in a sense where if you miss your morning like if you miss your morning coffee, oh. you're just fucked for the rest of the day? If I miss my morning, I'm not missing my morning coffee. <laughs> it's just not happening. If I don't get coffee by like ten, eleven o'clock latest, like it's it's not going to happen because I'm going to make sure I get that. I'm going to do whatever. Whatever means necessary to get that cup. Yeah. No, I. It's just, yeah. It's just, it's just how it goes. No, like, I. I 100. Like, I'll drink. That. I'll drink gas station fucking you know shit like if I have to like as long as I get that because my head will just be absolutely fucked up like I, 
I will have the worst headache in the world because I have an addiction and it's coffee. <laughs> um, I, I'm assuming you drink your coffee black. I drink my coffee like a million different ways. It all depends on okay. what's going on. Yeah. Like I, I, te- I do keto diet like a lot. Like okay. I lost like 60 pounds two years ago on it. Like I'm back on it now. I'm like on and off. I'm trying to stay on it because it's a life hack. Yeah. So like I'm like when I'm on that and it's the summer, like I'll get black cold brews because it's, you know, there's obviously nothing in it. And it's, I like to get iced in the summer. And then, you know, in the winter months, you know, I'll get just like black drip or I'll get like cream and no sugar and shit like that or stuff like that. But, you know, if I'm having a cheat day, you know, I'll get a latte or something like that. Right. Have you ever had a dirty chai before or no? Oh, I is? love that. I love that. That that reminds me, that, that gives me like Christmas vibes. I usually have that around Christmas. <laughs> okay. yeah. It gives me that holiday vibes. I, I, lo- I love dirty chai. Yeah. Quick, quick coffee story for you. So I live in in Calgary now. um, And while I was coming here just to come to the local fest, the, there was a coffee shop and I was like, Oh, I'm on this like vacation. Like I, I want something special. So I asked the the person working, I was like, what's something that's like a little just unique. Like I, I I need espresso, but I want to try something. He was like, Oh, you could get a chai latte and and make it dirty. I was like, what does that mean? And Right. And so obviously adding the espresso into that and an ice yeah, yeah. dirty chai is like my summer go-to. It is it's, it's so, so good. And, it's fantastic. And it is weird though. Cause some coffee shops I've gone to in Canada and the States, they're like, what's, what's dirty. I'm like, no, you're just, you do a shot of espresso. Right, right. And they're like, Oh, okay. So I don't know how right. well known that, that drink is. Also, the, the also another key that just reminded me. Yeah. A lot of spots won't even have that on the menu. No, no. A, lot, a lot of good coffee shops, it won't be on the menu and you just say it and they make it. Right. Plus, a lot of good coffee shops don't even have a menu. You just know what you want. <laughs> so those are just those are just already getting points right there. Like, right. I don't need a menu. Like, I know what's on the menu. Like, you don't got to show me. Like, you know, I'll pitch something to you. If you don't have it, like, you let me know. Right. That's fine. Um, <laughs> do you have a... Are you just like coffee only when you're going out or do you like to fancy doing like a, a pastry or something in the mix? Like, are oh, you a yeah. dunker? Like what's, what's the, the yeah, if, if, I, if I'm not dieting, if I'm not dieting, I'm usually always doing a coffee and a treat because coffee tends to make me hungry, which is <laughs> right. kind of, op- kind of opposite for a lot of people. A lot of people says it suppresses their hunger, but no, it makes me like shaky and shit. Yeah. So if I get like a strong cold brew, I want to get like, uh, you know, a pastry or a cookie or something like that. Cause I love sweets so <laughs> I, and I love just having like, like a muffin and just take a bite of that. And then like sipping the coffee and oh, well, like combination. It's like my favorite better. shit in the world. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I, fuck, I fuck with that shit so hard. Yeah. Is there any coffee spots that are on your list that hope like maybe sanction had uh, a tour route that you were like, yes, I can finally hit this spot in, in this random part of the country um or is it is it something that you're way more on top of while you're on the road um if i see like a tour routing i'll just i'll literally look at the cities and be like oh sick yeah sick. Okay, cool, yeah, right, sick, <laughs> yeah. yeah but like, it's like yeah. yeah yeah like i know like the spots i mean there are some cities i don't have a spot but you know i'll acquire them you know shit like that but uh i pretty much got a spot in I'd say 85% of cities in America, Canada, 
Canada is definitely harder. Toronto's got a shitload. Oh, so many. Uh, but that's probably it for me. I've only been to Calgary once. Uh, yeah, when you guys are up with uh, Fuming Mouth and Vane. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't even remember. I honestly don't even remember what coffee I had. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of curious really, now if I don't know if you can recall it, but I remember we stayed in Edmonton and then we played Calgary that day. So like two hours, two and a half hours away or something. Yeah. We must have gotten coffee in Edmonton, but I don't remember what the fuck we got. Mm. I, I really don't remember. Yeah, I I am fucking blanking. Oh, but then I remember we went to we went to Banff the next day. Yeah, yeah, and we fucked around in there for a bit, and I think we got some like whatever spot in Banff, but it was still just coffee. We literally were, I guess we were in Canmore, which is like Banff and Canmore are like little mountain towns that are beside each other. But yeah, yeah, there's. I, I've been to both, and there's just not that like one that's like okay, you guys got it on point. It's like just like it's more yeah, more touristy uh chalkboard yeah. coffee shop they sure. they want to put the family spots in there <laughs> they don't they're not getting they're not getting the coffee snobs. Right. if you that's you know families are going there there's no coffee snobs going you put the it's all, all the good spots are usually going to be inner city areas yep maybe you know on the outskirts where it's like a little bit like cheaper rent to put like in like a in like a warehouse type type thing yeah. you know kind of like how breweries are shit like that so. yeah on that point too i think it's also like uh more a credible spot if the or or maybe we can talk on this do you think a, a spot is more credible if there's a roastery within or they have their own beans yeah. or they do their own beans yeah, yeah, yeah definitely because usually it's going to be good because they care about what they're doing they're not just getting any whatever yeah but, i mean there's it. also t- yeah there's also tons of coffee shops that buy beans wholesale from a sick roaster that yeah, i know that's true you know what yeah. i mean there's like oh i'm gonna go here they're roasting fucking intelligentsia or something like that yeah like and i'm like oh this is gonna be good because they're roasting that it's like there's a lot of spots like that yeah that that that's a that's a great point like when i was i when i lived in winnipeg which is like in the dead center of canada it's maybe a 12-hour yeah, yeah, drive yeah, yeah. from calgary um right, there right, was right. one coffee spot i frequented and they always had uh, Transcend Beans, and Transcend is a roastery here in Calgary. So it's right. it's weird to go to where uh, – oh, sorry, not Transcend, Phil and Sebastian. Uh, but when okay. I go to Phil and Sebastian for a coffee, it's just it, – it's weird. I'm like, this is a Calgary company, but it tastes like home because that's where I first experienced it. It's so, good shit. Oh, yeah, it's good stuff. Um, right, if, if you guys are ever coming through any part in Western Sometime. Canada, yeah, 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 I yeah. would love to, to recommend some coffee spots oh, yeah. to you for sure. Yeah, yeah. I would definitely, I mean, I don't know when we're going to get there again. It's going to happen within the next few years, definitely, but I'm definitely going to go there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's been a while since you guys came through. Um, So, uh, Lumpy, I guess it's kind of that time that we should start wrapping up the show. Um, How I like to end a lot of these episodes is a favorite mosh story. So anything <laughs> from your sanction days, any other bands, and it doesn't. You're talking just, about me moshing? No, it doesn't need to be like I smacked this dude in the face and his jaw oh, went no. like this. It yeah, could just yeah, be something yeah. that you saw or someone did to you. Whatever is off the top of your head. Something that I saw. Probably, Kev one from Bulldoze moshing for the Crown of Thorns reunion at the 2009 Black and Blue Bowl. Okay, that's probably that's probably one of the coolest mosh sequences I've ever seen in my whole life. Cause he, 
is crazy. And he was fucking smashing people and it was the coolest shit I've ever seen. Yeah. That that's that's up. I mean, there's definitely other ones, but that's the first one that comes to mind. Yeah. Sometimes you just like admire someone's mosh work and it just stays with you forever. So yeah, I, I mean, it he it was it was it was fucking sick and like, but he did it cool. It wasn't it wasn't like corny. It was cool because right. you know, you know he knows it was good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Well, thank you so much, Olympia, for coming on the show and chatting hardcore and coffee. You know, probably you know the, the yin to your yang. Um. How do people keep right, up right. with you on social? Anything that you want to plug here, so I can just put your tags on the screen. Uh. My Instagram is lumpyx631, and then the coffee one's coffeeguy1990. I run, uh, it's kind of like a small record label, just me nerding out on music type page called at Days of the Futures Past. And then also Sanction is uh, at Sanction631. And um, that's pretty much it. Thanks for having me. Of course. And uh, everyone stay safe out there. Uh, keep your distance, keep the distance and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, Lumpy, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, thank you, man.